Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. Welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So, this episode may sound different than other episodes, uh, mainly because this is the first one I've actually found some gear, and I'm on the road, so I travel a lot of the time, so it's sometimes you find the gaps in my podcast because I'm simply not home to my recording studio. So this is my first episode that I am recording in a hotel room. Uh, I am in the fantastic town of Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, home of the Basketball Hall of Fame right now, as I record this this week, and uh, hopefully it's going to sound okay. I'm probably going to publish it either way, so um, hoping that it turns out, so please excuse as I work through the technical difficulties that is uh, podcasting while also packing light and trying to find the right mix of how to do that. So anyway, let's get started in the podcast. This week, I came across another article that, you know, it's right along the same themes that we continue to see or have continued to talk about on the podcast. And it's, it's about this idea of if you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably care in some form or fashion about leadership or people or both or safety. And I appreciate that. And then there's the opposite end of the spectrum of the, the those who give zero cares, the ones who don't care, don't get involved, don't do anything. And actually even worse, will do things like send people back onto a dangerous job, even after things such as OSHA citations or even as near misses, like significant near misses happen. We're not that group. We're the group that is trying to push it forward, but it's hard to ignore the other side because it just keeps showing up time after time after time. And that's kind of what I want to talk about this week is looking at something again. So this is from the webpage called Construction Dive, and they did a fantastic article in regards to, uh, despite OSHA's efforts, the construction death rate has really not changed in over a decade. We're, we don't seem to be making any progress in preventing deaths in the world of construction. So 10 out of every 100,000 workers 
between 2011 and 2020 did not come home. And what they look at is they're highlighting weak enforcement, meager inspections and fines, and even attributing the opioid epidemic as part of that. And really well-written article, and of course, I'll post this link in the comments. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening through my LinkedIn, or uh, if you'll go there, or even to uh, my Facebook page, you would be able to find the links to this these articles. But even though the, the items that we're continuing to engage more enforcement, we're seeing better standards, we're seeing better understanding of the standards, everything is staying relatively even. Slip, trips, and falls, exposure to electricity, struck by, caught in between, and then other injuries continue to lead what is ultimately the death of American workers in the construction industry. And one of the interesting things they talk about is that, one, a lot of industries stay under the radar because they're just small construction firms. They're, they see OSHA coming. They see concerns. They can shut down work and essentially hide to assure they don't get caught, which is part of the process. I've seen it. I've been part of large construction sites where some of the smaller ones, when you say, hey, OSHA is showing up, uh, they disappear. Or suddenly they're on a, a very long break in the break room. And you sit back and go, okay, well, I kind of know what you're doing there. You're avoiding anything to do with potentially being caught because you know you may not be able to answer those questions. One of the other interesting items that they talk about in this article is that the fines don't matter, that it appears that those construction agencies, those organizations that have chosen to hurt their people, and that's ultimately what it is. They have chosen that their profits are more important than their people, which is, from an ethical standpoint, still beyond me as an individual and as a human being. But this is not new. This is something that has happened since the dawn of time and the use of any type of labor. There have been those that will care and try to do good things for their people. There are those that will exploit it to the absolute any ends to get what they need. And so one of the comments is that the OSHA fines are just not high enough, that it can be basically absorbed into the business when things are found. And they could even pay multiple fines and sometimes – in a confidential way, they found that it was actually cheaper to just pay the fines rather than having to do the compliance, uh, which is I have found to be at times uh, sadly true. Not that I have chosen that path, but in watching other people get caught and knowing what it costs me to do it the right way, it does. It, you have the chance. It's kind of like speeding tickets. You think about how often will I'm legitimately get a speeding ticket in my route that I take to wherever I'm going? And is the time that I save in getting there worth it, that risk? And they roll the dice and they say it's worth it. And so they don't have those fines. And then you look at most of the time OSHA is going to negotiate and the fines are going to lower. Or even interesting, and this was something I didn't really think of, is that when OSHA fines – you can choose not to pay it. Sure, there are legal processes, but in a lot of ways, OSHA may not be equipped to come after all of that money that is out there, and they may abandon it, or let's say 
in some way, some construction organizations have been known to simply go out of business, reopen under another name, and continue the terrible work that is out there. And this ties back a little bit to last one when we talked about contractor management and understanding that you get what you pay for. If you're not going to ask about safety as a general you're asking for a vendor or a contractor to come do work. If you're not going to ask about safety, no one is. It's not going to matter. And so these fines mean, honestly, very little to these organizations that are out there. And they just pay it. They just say, this is this is the cost of doing business. And therefore, we'll just pay it or we won't pay it. And we'll just see what happens, which is unbelievable to think that, you know, it's not just about the fines. This is truly life and death that are happening. Part of it also is a lot of small employers that we talked about can fly under the radar. One of the items also they talk about is criminal referrals. And should there be more criminal referrals to for blatant, willful multiple disregards for safety and there's a lot of debate back and forth on like what would constitute that and if there is even the manpower to be able to enforce it if that was the case so let's just take a quick break here we'll come back in a minute we'll keep talking about this article and we'll keep talking about the solutions that are out there and how we as the people who care can hopefully influence how we can help uh, create just a better workplace. It's time to rehumanize the workplace. Having the means and methods to engage and empower your team is more important than ever. Fortunately, TSD Amalgamated is here for you. They focus on better understanding your organization's culture through team building, safety auditing, personal assessments, leadership training, and compliance-based systems. Their staff has the training, knowledge, and experience to help you achieve safety, compliance, and beyond. Visit tsdamalgamated.com for more information. And welcome back to the second half of our Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I am your host, Mark, and again, so glad you joined me. We're talking about more about contractors' construction and why are we not seeing changes in death rates in the construction industry. And it's sad to say that over the past 10 years, all the work we've put into place uh, as safety professionals, aren't going the distance that we think they should. But I'm going to put a I'm generally a positive person. So let's let's look at it differently. Let's look at it from the standpoint that the organizations that have hired safety professionals, the ones who are trying their best, are are making great improvement. It's all these other ones that refuse, that don't care, that to me, don't even, when I think back even to philosophy of like social contract, are, are worthless. These are just terrible, terrible people in general that would not care so much to even try to protect someone from dying at the workplace. And 
this article from Construction Dive did a very nice job of looking at what has happened in the past 10 years or really what hasn't happened to change the dynamic, to change the trajectory that we need to go to help prevent death in the construction industry. And one is, of course, more inspections could be a factor, that having more OSHA officials, having more people that can do inspections, being in the field could be a helpful. But we go back to only a certain percentage of that will be effective. There would be the law of diminishing returns. And it's somewhat like paying a speeding ticket. I like that analysis because there's a choice there. If I know there are going to be more policemen on the road, I may choose to drive safer, drive slower, pay better attention to what I'm doing. Or I may not. I may just say, I've got money to burn. Let's roll. Ultimately, I know there is with, with driving, you can lose your license. It still doesn't stop you from driving. It just stops you from driving legally. Same incident here. We have people operating outside of, they have had fines, maybe not paid their fines, have had people or OSHA put a stop and desist and then told their team to carry on. Unbelievable. And so they, they looked at if you increased inspections, uh, somebody estimated that if you increased inspections 60%, you might get a decrease of 5% in fatalities, maybe based on some theoretical process of statistics. And that is terrible. And I think ultimately what they're looking at is that it's peer-to-peer -peer responsibility that is really going to have the impact. And I will say this, that I'm, I'm, when it comes to bidding a contract or if it's up to me awarding a contract uh, from an organization, I'm not too afraid to pull the safety card. So if I'm bidding and in an organization where I'm going out there for work, if I can throw the competitor under the bus for safety, I'm going to do it. Because one... If they can't do a good job in safety and taking care of their people, they can't take care of their customer. It's going to be cheap work. It's going to be crappy work where I'm going to come in and tell you we care about our people. We're working to do that. And I, I, I really encourage other safety people to do the same. Don't be afraid to pull the safety card if you're in any part of your bidding process or even ask to be part of your bidding process or even put a, a, a flyer in there about, hey, when it, you look at safety, look at us because we have the programs, we have the people, we have the compassion to do a good job. And if we care about our people, we're going to care about you. I found that to be powerful. And I find that something we can do as a safety community is tout those companies. And maybe I'm not the best one for the job and I'm going to refer to someone else. Most of them I'm going to refer to another organization that I know they have a good safety record. That I know that if I'm going to hand them over like, hey, maybe we're not the right choice for you. Maybe this other organization is, but you know what? They've also got a good safety record. To me, that's some peer pressure that we can start to apply within the within our bigger organization of work and make it in front of people. I think it's one of those things that we can do a little bit more of. And ultimately, deaths are preventable. 
any time that they've looked at, like, how did this happen, there was a prevention step, usually multiple. Last week, we talked about the organization that was fined for 46 feet in the air, no fall protection, and the show must go on. There's time and time again of where a trench has collapsed. They've dug it back out and sent people back in the exact same way. We see these things, and it is unfortunate it is scary, but it can be combated. And I hope that we can do more through that, ultimately, and through engagement, and through understanding, and through finding people that are willing to do it the right way when we have a choice to go out and find those people who can do it for us in the right way. So I do encourage, again, looking at safety, evaluating it calling it out, saying what is the truth of what we see in the field. So anyway, what a great episode. I really enjoyed that. I read that article. I'm going to post it for you. And speaking of social media, you can go to my webpage, markafrench.com. Go there at the very top of the page. Uh, you can find my blogs. You can find my web page. You can find my uh, contact information, but also there is my LinkedIn, my Twitter, my Facebook. Join me. I love the conversation online. I love seeing what's going on in the safety world, and I love staying in touch. Until next time that we chat, stay safe. listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.